Welcome to the City Reach Baptist Podcast. If you would like more information about the life of our church, please go to our website at cityreach.com.au or like us on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. In the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Indiana Jones have to make a life and death decision. He have to pick up the real holy grave. Why? Because his father was mortally wounded by the Nazis. And he had to pick up the grave, the true holy grave. That with people drink from that grave will bring life back to his father. But in a chamber, the knight warned him. He said, you must choose, but you must choose wisely. Because the true grail can give you life, but the false grail can take life out from you. Today, we face the same choice. Many people said that you can choose whatever you believe. But if we choose what we believe wrong, it can take life out from us instead of eternal life. We are in a series, sermon series called Bad Advice. In this series, we're going to talk about some of the bad advice which is in this world. Very popular uh, advice from our friends, our family. And how as Christians, how we're going to address them and replace it with godly advice. And today's topic is, it doesn't, the bad advice is, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere about it. How many of you have heard of that advice before? Now, on the service, this advice, it sounds kind. It sounds very tolerant, very considerate. And also, we're living in this world where it's postmodernism, post-Christian, and also humanistic world. It sounds very reasonable, isn't it? But underneath, if we study it, it actually challenges our Christian belief to the core. Because we believe there's only one God. And this statement is telling us that truth is only relative. And truth, you, can, you have to tolerate everyone's belief because everyone's belief is true. But don't be afraid. But because when we examine this sentence or advice, it doesn't hold any water. In fact, it can be really dangerous. Why do you say it's not practical? How many of you are students in here? Now, you can sincerely believe the answer in your exam paper is right. And even you can remind your lecturer that I really believe it is right. So you can write down, dear lecturer, I believe, I sincerely believe this is the answer. Would your lecturer give you a high distinction? It all depends on your answer if it's right or if it's wrong. It's not how sincere you believe, but there's only one answer to the question. Now, also, we, um, this, is, this, actually, this statement is actually dangerous. Now, to illustrate the point, I'm going to invite my dear friend Luke to come forward. Can we give him a hand? Yeah, Luke. Now, Luke, you are a brave young man, isn't it? <laughs> 
Now I'm going to put this on you. And I'm going to give you some advice. We should take a selfie on that before I, I preach more. All right. Now look, just stand there and let me just turn you around and around and around and around. Now look, it doesn't matter where you turn, if you just follow your heart, wherever you go, you go back to your seat. Just go. Now, it can be very dangerous, isn't it? Now, to make matter worse, I'm going to take a second one and put it on my eyes. I'm going to say to Luke, it doesn't really, where you go, Luke, you can go back to your seat. Now, it make it double dangerous because I, I can't even save him if I, uh, whoops, sorry. It's, I'll just hold it here. All right. All right. Can you give a hand to Luke? <laughs> now, it make it double. Sorry. All right, that's good. It make it double dangerous because I can't even save him because I'm blindfolded. You say, Pastor Vincent, your example is too extreme. But I say to you, it's actually biblical. Because the Bible tells us the God of this world have blinded the unbelievers. So Luke is blinded and I'm blinded. Now, a few days ago, I went to a real-life group, which I'm paid to do, and I'm really blessed by it. And there was a discussion. One person said, because the young people of the state have too much technology, they have the, the tablets, and they are distracted to believe in God. But another person actually came, come up in a discussion and said, it's not that true because my boss, who is a farmer, he sees the world, the weather change, but he still doesn't believe in God. And I actually added to the argument and said, do you know in the third world where the evil and the demons are blinding the people with Fiji uh, stick and uh, different kind of worship? Do you know what? It's not young people, old people, civilized or uncivilized. They're all blinded. They're all blinded. So we need to pray because it's all spiritual warfare. And the Bible tells us if the blind, which we think in the Western world we're smarter, we give advice to people, we say, whatever you believe, when you believe sincerely, it doesn't really matter. We are blinded as well in this Western world. If we give this, uh, this advice to other people, the Bible tells us the blind is leading the blind and both will fall into the pits. Do you know that, brothers and sisters, what we, what we believe is so important because your belief will actually dictate your value and your value will change your behavior and your behavior will change your destiny. While we are praying and contemplating, and Veneve lead us to think about what we will be if there's no God, I was thinking, when I was a young person, I was hooked with pornography. My, if, if it's not God that has saved me, my marriage should be wrecked, and I may be going to the red light district or someone else, I may be pegging in the street, but now God has called me to here to preach the word of God 
What marvelous grace that God has poured on us. So today we're going to tackle this with three points. The first point is, what is truth? The second is, out of all the religion in the world, how can we be sure that our worldview is right? And the third point is, we're going to examine the true claims of Jesus. But before we do that, there's a commercial break. So we're going to watch this. Can you play this? Now, the marketing department of Diet Coke is very, very wise because at that time, Indiana Jones is the, one of the most popular movies at that time. And they use that line, you must choose wisely. To say you have to choose Diet Coke, and you pick Diet Coke, you've made the right choice. But is the truth a matter of taste? Is truth just whatever you want, you pick it, and it's okay? It's, um, it's just a matter of taste, and we have to tolerate for other people. Some of you may like Diet Coke, some of you may just like water, some of you want Solo, some of you want Sprite. It's no difference. But is it true? Today, with the rise of ISIS, the terrorist group, it smashed a lot of people's thinking about truth is only, or moral is only relative. There is right and there is wrong. In all camps of politics and belief systems, they all go and condemn this group. ISIS have bring much atrocity to all the major cities, killing innocent people. And if we think about it, not only the ISIS, but people who abuse young children, domestic violence, rapists, mass murderers. If we say it's just a matter of taste, we're actually saying to the terrorists, you are actually a freedom fight fighter. Is that right? Deep in our heart, God has actually written right or wrong in our heart, and we know it is wrong. So truth is not a matter of taste. Truth is absolute. Now, some of you may have heard of this story about truth. They say that you have to be tolerant because we only know part of truth. And they give the example. How many of you have heard this story about the elephant and four blind men before? They give an illustration and said, now all the religion in this world is like this. It's like an elephant and there's four blind men. All try to find out what this elephant looks like. The one in front have uh, hold the nose and thought that the elephant is like a hose we can squirt water. And another person who holds on to the leg and thinks that oh, the elephant is like a pillar and it's very solid. Another person who holds on to the ear thinks elephant is flat. Another person holds on to the tail and says, oh, elephant is like a little mouse. And the person who explained this story said that they all have some truth, so you need to be tolerant to everyone's belief. But if we look deeper into this, there's two fundamental faults in this illustration. First of all, all of them are wrong. All of them know part of the truth, but don't see the big picture. Actually, truth exists. 
an elephant, a real elephant, does exist and doesn't look like any of those. Second is, it needs someone who is not blind to see what the elephant is about. So as Christians, we have our eyes open. We need to tell them what God looks like. In fact, a lot of people criticize Christians that we are too exclusive, too absolute in our belief. But truth, by definition, is absolute. It's true in science, especially in mathematics. How many of you study mathematics here? In the inside circle, the angle sum of all the angles inside a triangle, what's the... What, what's the 1H Greece is absolutely true. And that's how we build houses. And 1 plus 1 is equals to 2. 2 plus 2 equals to 4. It's absolutely true. Now, in your examination, you may write 2 plus 2 equals to 4.1. And the teacher gave you a wrong answer. You can say, how can you so be intolerant? It's so close. But... 2 plus 2 is 4. Truth is absolute. And some people who are very philosophical about this and said, now, it can be 40 because 0 means nothing. So when I put 40, it equals to 4. No, 2 plus 2 is 4. It's not 40. So in this way, truth is absolute. So we find it from those illustrations that what is truth? Truth, belief, cannot be changed effect, no matter how sincerely you believe. No matter how sincere you believe something, truth is truth. And all truth exclude the opposite. For example, in your examination, there is true and false. How many of you have exams of true or false before? If there is Truth, and a lot of exams like biology, they actually just change, just tweak a little bit on that questions and make it false, isn't it? And if something is slightly wrong, it is false. And the third thing is, all truth are absolute. Jesus said, I am the truth. I'm the only truth that never change. And God's advice us today is, your choice is not trivial. Your choice is not tolerant. God advises, I call heaven and earth to you, witness against you today, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. The Israelites have made the choice, the wrong choice, and that's why they're exiled to another country. Today, we're faced with the same choice. Jesus said, I am the truth. So you ask, Pastor Vincent, there's so many religions in the world. How do we know that Christianity is the truth? Luckily, the God has placed many people in his kingdom who have studied uh, this question. How many of you have heard of Rafi Zacharias before? 
That's great. We have a very learned group here. Reverend Sir Christ, at the age of 17, he was in his deathbed. He's in a suicidal mode. He was born an Indian and Hindu. And he cried out to God. And God miraculously saved him. And he turned his life around and he had made a vow to God that I want to study all religion in the world and I want to bring people to the truth. And he said, don't be too daunted by all religion in the world because basically all religions, you can categorize them in four big categories and from them we can actually take some of them away as truth and not truth. The first group is called the atheists. How many of you have heard of that term before, atheists? Now, A means not, fears means God, so they don't believe in God. The second group is monotheists, which is us. We believe one supreme God that exists. The third group is called polytheists. So poly, what's poly means? Many, many. So they believe that there's many, many, many gods. And the fourth group is called pantheists, which they believe that we are all gods. Now, if you look at all the religion in the world, atheism is rising. With the rise of secularization, atheism and humanistic thinking, they are on the rise. Pen, uh, polytheism, which means there's many gods, there's many, many uh, older religions actually have that. Paganism have that. A lot of folklore, Chinese and Indian religions believe that. Hindu believe there's millions of gods. And pantheism, they used to be on the slide, but it's actually rising with the rise of the New Age movement. And also some of the belief in Buddhism. Because they said we can move ourselves from level to level until we reach Havana. Now, Ravi Zechariah said all religion needs to answer four questions to detect if they're the truth. The four questions is origin, morality, meaning, and destiny. Four questions. I'll say it again. Origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. Origin means where do we come from? Meaning, what is the meaning of life? Morality, what is right and wrong? And destiny, where will we go when we die? Now, Revi Zechariah said, those four questions have to be corresponds to truth. It has to be factual and logical and also have to relevance in our life. And he said that those four questions that you answer have to be cohesion to each other. It can, cannot contradict to each other. And if you look at all those four questions, he said, I sincerely believe, Reverend Christ and myself believe, there's only one religion that stands up, and it's Christianity. Let's examine quickly one by one. Now, atheism believe that we come from a Big Bang, and uh, we, because of that, we have no morality. But as we've mentioned, with the righteous vices, we know that's right or wrong. Now, I'm not going to, into detail of, of all this. I'll just quickly go through that. So, atheism is out. Polytheism, that's as many gods. And a lot of the gods, like the, the mythology in the Greek and other religion, all, actually, all the gods are fighting with each other. And 
where they come from, where they go, is not very clear. So it's not very cohesive of what they said. And pantheism is even more ridiculous. They, they think that we're all gods. If you ask me where I come from and where we're going, if I'm God, I have no idea. But it's on the rise, thanks to all the, the celebrities, Jane Fonda and uh, John Travolta and, and the mob. They're on the rise at the moment. We have to be very careful. Christianity is the only one which is consistent and which is factual. Jesus said, I'm the truth. Now the third area we want to look at is Jesus said, I'm the truth. We need to examine if it's actually the truth. Jesus said, as we read earlier on, I am the truth, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And also Peter, when he's defending his faith, says salvation comes from no one else in heaven and earth but through Jesus alone that we can be saved. And some people will say, Christians, you're so narrow-minded. It's not about narrow-minded because truth is, is absolute. Today, we're going to examine if what we're saying is true because if Jesus said, I'm God incarnated to men and because of sins, I'm going to take all your sins from you and give you eternal life. If this is true, it means the world to us and we need to examine this fact. Luckily, we have many, many apologists in this world that actually answer these questions. One of them, his name is called Josh Medow. How many of you have heard of Josh Medow before? Great, we have a learning group today. That's excellent. Now, Josh Medow is very famous because he's written a book which called Evidence That Demands a Verdict, which is the top 10, one of the top 10 uh, apologetic books in the world. He also written a book called More Than a Carpenter. How many of you have read those books before? That's, you, you should read it. You should read it. It's a really, really great book. Now, I'll just tell you a little bit about uh, uh, Josh McDowell. He was uh, sexually abused as a child, and because of that, he doesn't believe in God. He's uh, atheist. And he was studying at law. And because the Christians bugged him so much, him so much, they said, I make um, a, a mission in life to prove you Christians are wrong. So he spent one year looking at all the facts and want to prove Christians are wrong. And after one year, what happened? He concluded Christianity is right, and he wrote these books. And in his book, More Than a Carpenter, he actually rebuked people saying that Jesus is a good moral teacher. He said people say, oh, Jesus is good, he's a moral teacher. He said it's all rubbish. Because it's only free logical conclusion when Jesus claimed that he's God and he's the truth. His free conclusions are, there's only three conclusions. The first one, he's a liar. He knew that he's not God, but he wanted to get something out of the people. So he lied to the group. But in examination, what does Jesus get? He's facing the Roman Empire. He's actually um, uh, enemies of the Jewish authority. He didn't get anything out of it. And uh, he's a morally good person. So to think that he's a liar, he's morally corrupted, we can throw this out. 
The second conclusion that uh, Josh Medow said, if he's not a liar, he's a lunatic. He must be crazy. Imagine your brother or your sisters come to you today. And uh, perhaps Luke will say to his sister, said, do you know that I'm God? And people say, you, are, what, what's wrong with you, Luke? You're crazy. Now, Jesus actually said that he's God. If he's lunatic, with all his teaching, changing the world that we have today, do you know all your textbooks? How many of your students here again? Do you know your textbooks have to be revised every two or three years? Why? Because the facts are no longer true. They have to change the facts again and again because with the technology and science of new discovery, they have to change every two or three years. But the teaching of Jesus Christ stands firm and above the rest for 2,000 years without change and people still looking at the authority of the Word of God. Isn't that telling you something? That it is the truth? So to say that Jesus is a lunatic is wrong. So the third conclusion he said, Jesus must be Lord. If you say that he's just a moral teacher, you actually, you just try to put things aside. Jesus either is a lunatic, a, a liar, or he's the Lord of all. Another person which you may have heard of him before, Lee Sprobel. Have you heard of him before? The person who wrote the book, The Case for Christ. Lee, have you heard of him before? Now, sometimes uh, as a pastor and work in the marketplace as a physio, you have benefits. Because one of my patients, she was a Bible study leader, and she actually her group bought that uh, movie, the DVD called The Case for Christ. How many of you have uh, watched that DVD? Yeah, that's great. Excellent. So she said, and she said to me, Vincent, do you want to borrow this? And I said, yeah, that's great. I, I want to save 20 bucks. So <laughs> I borrowed that, watched this, and I was amazed by Lee's change. Now, Lee was an award-winning journalist. He's very smart and an atheist. His life goes really well. He's winning awards, a new job in a new country, very high salary. But life changed one day when his wife became a Christian. And she said, Lee, do you want to go to church with us? And he said, nah. And uh, her wife becomes strange. She's going to those real-life groups. And the people are so nice. And Lee was saying that it's actually ruined my life. You guys are praying for me, asking to church, and we can't talk anymore. So he made his mission in life again to prove that uh, Christianity is wrong because of his um, training in uh, journalism. And he said, I'm going to publish it to the whole world. Do you know that Christianity is the only religion in the world which is open to truth? In fact, in the book of Ephesians, we pray to God, the mighty God, that open our eyes so we can see the truth. All religion don't pray like this. They all say, you don't think, just follow our dogma. Otherwise, we'll kick you out. We are the only religion is open to the truth. We want the truth to come. Today, if you're not a Christian, I want to pray for you that your eyes will be open to see the truth. Lee, in his quest, 
to find out what the truth is, he actually key in to one fact, the resurrection. Because it's a historical fact. In fact, Christianity is not based in people's uh, philosophy. It's not based on some clever thinking of how we should act. Christianity is actually based on real life history. And it can be tested. A lot of people think that Christians are not scientific. It's actually very scientific. Because we're going to prove by logic that resurrection actually exists. The first thing he find out is Jesus actually died by crucifixion on the cross. Now, as his journal, he has to visit a lot of leading university Ivy League in America. So in his spare time, he would go to the highest department and ask for the expert for advice. And he was shocked because there was actually a real Jesus in history. And he actually died by crucifixion. And he found out the Romans are actually very good at torturing people and killing people. And if the Romans want you to die, there's no way you can survive. And he also found that to die by crucifixion is not only written by Christians. It's written by the Jewish scholars as well, which are great enemies of Jesus. It's written by the Romans, the Greek, and other pagan nations. So Jesus dying on the cross is not a fable. It is the truth. The second thing he found out while he's traveling around America is that he find that all his disciples actually stood up and believed he actually have resurrected. Now, brothers and sisters, just I want you to think for a second. Those disciples are actually cowards. When Jesus died, what do they do? They actually hide in the room. For those people to come up all of a sudden and say that Jesus is Lord and stand against the Sanhedrin and Roman Empire, there's something strange. Not only that, they torture them and kill them one by one. Just imagine if the leader of our church, if Timon was crucified last week and we're all in hiding and the police pick one of us from our house and then with a light that shines on us and says, should I re refresh your memory? That Timon is actually um, not dead. And a lot of you would give in. They're cowards, brothers and sisters. Don't you think it is a little bit strange that some cowards would die for a lie? Die for a lie. I think someone would have given in. Don't you think so? Someone would have said, that, oh, actually, we make up this story. Um, I, don't, I want to live. Don't kill me. But none of them do that. They face the lions. They face death. They face the cruel this death in the world died by crucifixion. The only reasonable kind of conclusion is they saw the risen Christ and not afraid to die. The third fact that Lee had found out is that the apostles' poor conversion is very strange. Now, Paul is no uh, quiet person. He's actually a very public figure, a very learned man. And he's actually the leader that actually caught all the a small sack called the way of uh, 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 the truth 
or, or the way, the people of the way, that's right. But he turned things around all of a sudden. What's more, he actually faced a lot of prosecution. He was beating up 39 lashes several times, and he was heavily prosecuted, stoned to death, almost death several times. And he also wrote one-third of the New Testament. Amazing, marvelous. It, it's just, you can't, the only thing that happened to him is on his way to Damascus. He claimed to, he have seen Jesus. And it is a reasonable supposition that he did see the risen Lord. The fourth one is even more dramatic. His brother, his half-brother James, who was a skeptic, who doesn't believe in, in God, all of a sudden turned around, become the leader of the church, and is willing to die for Christ's sake. Now imagine, beneath your sister said, she's actually God, and you say, don't kid with me, I know you, I see you dripping your nose and do all those stupid things at home, you can't be God. <laughs> now, James has seen the whole lifestyle of Jesus. If Jesus not claim of what he, he was, and if, had, if James haven't seen Jesus, the risen Lord, he would not have turned that dramatic change. And the, fourth, and the fifth one, the empty tomb. The empty tomb. Now, the empty tomb is not a private place again. It's actually very public. They put people in the tomb with a big rock to stop, uh, to, to, uh, stop the, uh, uh, the opening of the cave. People would uh, speculate that maybe uh, Jesus didn't die. He walked out himself. And as I've said, Romans, when they kill you, they kill you to death. They step on the, like a crocodile. They don't just step once. They step until you hope to disintegrate. So Jesus actually died. And some speculate that actually um, the, the, uh, uh, the disciples actually have stolen his body. But this is not true because it's heavily guarded. And the stone is so big. For a group of people with uh, cowards, how can they steal from the mighty Roman soldiers? And people speculate that, oh, it may be the Romans uh, that stole his body. But it, it can be true. They can stole it. But don't you think when the rising of the Christian faith that changed the whole world upside down, don't you think that it will show Jesus' body and, and disperse the crowd? It's just a logical step. By the way, not only the disciples say that, more than 500 people saw the risen Lord. Lee actually asked a leading psychologist, and he gave them, uh, the psychologist a question. He said, is hallucination possible for someone to believe that Jesus has risen from the dead? He said, it is possible. It's like one of you would hallucinate and... Uh, when you go home and said, oh, Pastor Vincent, actually he turned into Iron Man and flew off the sky today. But for 500 people to have the same hallucination, the psychologist said it is a bigger miracle than resurrection itself. It's just impossible. That 500 people simultaneously hallucinate on the same dream, it's just impossible. So Lee concluded, 
He said, in the light of the avalanche of evidence I find, it would take more than faith to maintain my atheism than to give in to Christianity. There is so much evidence that Jesus is the truth. So what do we learn today? We learn that truth is absolute. It's not a matter of tolerance. It's not a matter of taste. We learn that there are different religion systems in the world, and we have to choose wisely. We have to f- figure out if their correspondence to truth and is the questions coherent to all their questions. And the third thing is we need to know that Christ is the truth. We need to put faith in it, and we need to share it because we are the light of the world. But there's still one thing lacking. Lee, Josh Medow, Rafi Zacharias, and me, we have all the head knowledge, but it's more than head knowledge to turn someone to Christ. In the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the Nazi actually sought his father's mortally in its tummy, and he said, the only way to save your father now is to go to get the holy, the uh, true grail, and he can bring life to him. And he had to use the instruction from his dad's book. He passed through a few tests, and then he went to a big cliff. On the other side is the chamber where the holy grail actually exists. He looked down, and he read the instruction, and he said, the leap from the lion's head proved one's worth. And he saw in the picture the person actually walk on air to the other side. Let's watch this video clip. In this movie, Indiana Jones have to make a leap of faith. 34 years ago, in April the 20th, 1984, I make that leap of faith. I was born in a Christian family, but I act like a practical atheist. I live like one. I, I'm the Lord of my life. But at that camp, people were different. God spoke to me. And the speakers say, even if you're born in a Christian family, if you haven't given your life and have that leap of faith to give everything back to God, this is your chance. Don't be paralyzed when you stand on the edge today because it is scary, because you don't see what is ahead. When you give everything to God, God may call you to Africa. God may call you to do different things. In fact, when God called me, I had that faint, small voice that I may become a pastor one day. I was scared. It takes two or three altar calls before I step up. But I never turn back, brothers and sisters. The bridge is already there. We just don't see it. God is there. It's not that we actually walk into darkness. People on the other side, Pastor Timon, Pastor Carl, myself, has already taken that leap of faith. And we're secure. We're doing really well. And today, if you haven't made this choice of giving everything back to God, this is your chance. 
this is your chance, even though you're a Christian. If you haven't made this step, and if you're not a Christian today, and you want to make this step, we're going to pray, we're going to sing together, we're going to give you a chance to respond by putting your hands up. So I'll ask the worship team to come forward. Should we all stand? We're going to pray. Father God, we thank you because you're God of truth. We want to know you more. But your demand for us to give everything for you can be daunting. And I pray, Lord, that my brother and sister today will hear not from just a Chinese man, but from your Holy Spirit today, that you challenge the deepest part of our heart to give everything back to you, even though it may mean going to a missions field, even though it means to be a pastor, even though it's going to give up some of the comforts that we have and security that we have. So brothers and sisters, I'm going to give you a chance. If God is speaking to you today, you want to have the leap of faith with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, you can put your hands up to God that, God, I'm going to give you everything I have to you. If this is you, put your hands up. Put your hands up and say that I'm going to give everything to you. I see those hands. That's great. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Father, you see these hands and I just pray that, Lord, you're going to speak to them, help them. And I pray that, Lord, they will become a new person in you and their faith will continue to grow and grow and grow. And all of us, we're going to sing this song as a response to the message of God. And people who put up their hands who want us to pray for you, please come forward after the meeting. That's great. Let's sing this together.